Recently, I highlighted a story about Shia LaBeouf seemingly coming to Christianity in an interview he did with a Catholic priest. The tone of that interview was very polite and clean cut. But on a recent podcast with John Bernthal, the conversation was way more raw, real, uncut, revealing Shia's real character. But what stood out to me most was a specific part of the podcast where Shy shares what he heard from God and how it impacted a very personal area of his life. So was this a real encounter he had from God? Did he really hear from him? Or is this Shia LaBeouf just being Shia LaBeouf? So on this video, we'll be reacting to that section of the interview and tying it into a passage of scripture to see if Shy's experience was biblical or not. Bruce Lawn. Before we get into this video, I got to give you guys a heads up. There will be some explicit language on here, so... Had your kids, had your wife. Explicit, explicit, explicit. All right, we're going to get into this video. This is from The Real Ones YouTube channel, and we're going to pick it up at the 48-minute mark. What he says here about a number of things and how they relate to me personally, and I think they relate to all of us. It's pretty mind-blowing. So check this part out, and I'll stop and give a little bit of commentary here and there. Listen up. I even know what amends meant, just like I didn't know what prayer was. But so he says, I didn't know what prayer was. I, I would get quiet, and i start hearing, like, like loving thoughts for people that, on paper, were, like, villainous characters in my life. So I would get quiet, and I was, you know, the first 20 thoughts is, like, you got to do this, you got to do that. Go here, go there, go get this, got that, 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 that. And then there'd be, like, the 30th thought that's, like, hit your dad up, telling you love him. Mm -hmm. now so he's talking about prayer, and he's saying, I would pray, and I would First get a bunch of random thoughts, but then I start getting these loving thoughts to people who I thought were complete villains in my life. And he says, as he's sitting there and he kind of gets some quiet time and he's praying, he starts getting stuff like, hey, hit your dad up. Okay, now, now listen to how he says this is going to play out. Me and my dad weren't talking, you know, and, um, and, and this is how my prayer life works now. It's like I get quiet, I hear loving thoughts, and then when I act on these loving thoughts, miraculous shit happens in my life. You know, I wind up in service, or uh, and, and then I feel peace, but also like I get all these like incredible, like with my dad, I want to hit my dad up. Now here's a man who I, I done vilified on a grand scale. I put okay, w listen to how he describes how he vilified his dad. This is nuts. All the shit in the street, you know, uh, and used him, juiced my dad. Is like this is the reason I'm fucking foul out here. You know, I'm I come from this wayward upbringing and. You know, my dad is the reason I'm such a fuck up. You know, he's a, a biker and a wild man and a criminal and a da 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 and abusive and blah. And I, and I wrote this narrative, which was just fucking nonsense. My dad was so loving to me my whole life. Fracture, sure. Crooked, sure. Like, wonky for sure. But never was not loving. Mm. It's never was not there. He was always there. He was mm. always there. And I done done a world press tour about how fucked he was as a man. Honey Boy is basically like a big woe is me story about how fucked my father is. And I, I wronged him. So this man was so upset over his upbringing and the narrative he created in his head about his dad that he made a whole movie about him called Honey Boy. I haven't seen Honey Boy, but he's saying that this is just a complete mischaracterization of who his dad really was, right? And... That's a lot to come back through. Like, because if you're going to, like, create a narrative in your head, that's one thing. But if you're going to create a narrative in your head and then make a whole movie about it and do a whole press run about it, about your dad and how he was a bad guy and he's the reason you have all these issues, whoo, that's, that's some really heavy stuff that you are doing and, and you're going to have to walk back from. 
remember getting on the phone with him and him, him being like, you know, I never read this stuff in the script you sent, you know, because <laughs> I, because <laughs> I didn't put that shit in there, you know, and I was, I was bullshitting him. I was, you know, just trying to get him to sign this fucking piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So he misled his dad about the stuff that was in the script. This is some foul stuff. By the way, if you're enjoying this so far, make sure you smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm. It really does help us out a lot. Let's get back to this interview. He thought I was going to tell the story like Braveheart, you know, I was going to, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I told the story like this, this, uh, this dude who, and I, and I turned the knob up on certain shit that wasn't real. Mm. My dad never hit me. Never. He spanked me once, one time. And the story that gets painted in Honey Boy is like, this dude was like abusing his kid all the time. You know, my dad tried to keep him from smoking cigarettes. That's when he spanked me. He found me smoking cigarettes in the shower. He pulled me out. He spanked me. Wow. That's when he spanked me. But that wasn't my narrative because it didn't position me as like this wounded, fractured child that you could root for, Woo! which is what I was using him for. And so when I got on the phone with him, I, you know, I, I, uh, I took accountability for all that and knew very clearly that I couldn't take it back. Man, do we sometimes create a narrative in our head towards people that yes, are flawed, yes, are complicated, but they're not exactly who we make them out to be. And do we then take those narratives and smear people, whether it's in our head, whether it's in our marriages, our dynamics, our families, whatever, and a lot of this stuff you can't take back. Right. And then it's like the scales can fall far from our eyes. And we realize that the people we made out to be villains are oftentimes just as jacked up as we are. And we're doing their best to figure out whatever they could. Right. And, and Shy did this at the most grandest of scale. He made a whole movie about his dad that was inaccurate. Goodness gracious, am I happy that I never got to this point with one of my parents. And, you know, I didn't have a perfect upbringing. There was a lot of stuff there between my mom and my dad. But, man, I'm in such a much better place now. And it's very similar from out of this place of overflow. Thankfully, I didn't jump out the window and do the, the similar stuff like this. But, man, this is, this is very relatable to me. Let's keep watching. My dad was going to live with this certain narrative about him on a public scale for a very long time. You know, probably the rest of his life. And I'm going to put all this shit in the street, yeah. you know. Uh, the shit that my dad got arrested for happened like 30 years ago and I done brought it all back to the surface, you know? And, um, and I, and I, I, I told him, you know, what I was doing and it went just like, you know, Hey man, I'm, I'm in this program. I'm learning to be a decent man one day at a time. Uh, I know I done fucked you over over here. You know, I done put your shit in the street and I know I made it harder for you to move around in the world. And, and, uh, I defined you as like this villainous character when mm. really you were like a, an amazing dude for me in my life. And like, you know, I really look up to you and, and the way that you've moved through your failings and the father that you've been to me, you've been a great man to me. And, uh, um, if there's ever anything I can do, be it blood, counsel, money, whatever, if there's ever anything I can do to make your life better in any way, please don't hesitate to let me know. Mm. And, um, my dad was living in Costa Rica on his fucking cocaine farm at the time, you know, and uh, living with a bunch of Nicaraguans. And like, he said, I want to come home. And um, so I, I got him back. And uh, when I, my, my dad was like me, I was a big pothead. And so here I am with like, I got like 10 months of sobriety. I'm, I'm about to go pick my dad up. I'm in a weed shop buying like 500 bucks worth of weed for my dad and uh, sober. And I get it in the bag and, and, uh, and I show up at the, the airport and my dad gets out and I see my dad in a wheelchair. He's got COPD. Dude could barely breathe. And I wheel his ass over to the truck and I put him in the truck and I give him a joint. He sparks up and he's coughing like he's got blood and mucus coming out. He's, he looks like, he looks like totally broken, you know? So remember, despite the language, despite how raw this is, remember how this is all framed. He's praying. He has to settle his thoughts 
Once he settles his thoughts, he says he hears, hey, start hearing uh, encouraging things about people who he thought were villains. Then he heard an th- answer to prayer, hey, reach out to your dad. He reaches out to his dad in an attempt to reconcile and then ends up having his dad come back to the States. He's living on a bizarre farm, you know, with, with all kinds of drugs around. He's on drugs. He's in a wheelchair, so on and so forth. And so he's now pressing towards this idea that many of us may understand on a, on a surface level or even a theological level. But when it comes to this real, I think is, 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 is a different, um, it's just, it's just a different animal. And I, and I'll share a personal story at the end of this video in a second and a passage for us to kind of glue this all together. So let's just keep watching. And, um, Little by little, I start bringing him back to health. You know, he's got eye problems. We fix the eye problems. He found out he's pre-diabetic. We go, he hadn't been to a doctor in like 10 years, you know, and we get to the doctor. Doctor's like, if you smoke anything, you're going to die. You got like 10% lung capacity. If you Mm. smoke anything or even around incense, you might die. And um, my dad in the doctor's office looks at me and goes, I think I want to get sober. I think I want to get sober. Man, are those some amazing words to hear from someone that's been struggling and been an addict. In the doctor's office, he looks at me. He goes, "I think I got. I think I want to get sober." So I bring him into my fold. I bring him into the group. He starts doing all the shit with me. We just we get, get on it together. That's probably like the crowning achievement in any amends that I made. My dad's got he's got five and a half months now, you know, and he's working with other dudes. And like you carry the message that way. Not only is this, hey, call your dad, have a pleasant conversation. No, this is now faith becoming action. Despite how raw this is again, this dude's flawed. He, you know, he seems to be new to the faith. Despite all of that, the the thing that he hears is go reconcile with your dad, right? And it, it made me think about my own story with my mom, right? My mom, single mom. My dad wasn't in my life early on, and when we started reconciling, it was at the right before the pandemic. My mom fell and broke her shoulder. Right, and and she literally had no one else to call, and we weren't in the best place at the time, but. I started going over there, started taking care of her. We ended up getting, you know, her shoulder fixed, both. She couldn't really walk at the time without canes. She got both of her hips done. And within a two-year window, she doesn't drink anymore, right? She doesn't, she, 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 uh, she's about to have another shoulder surgery to get more mobility, but she's walking. She can come over and play with the kids and she doesn't smoke anymore with the occasional like e-cigarette, right? And so the the parallel I see is very strong here, but it's driven by a very specific passage of scripture that I think directly applies to this, right? In terms of how we deal with those relationships of people in our lives that are complicated and messy and are going to have issues and are going to to, to, to mess up, right? And, and you're going to mess up against, right? And all these different things. There's this passage that I want to I read to us, and I think we always think of this theologically or even soteriologically towards salvation, right? But this passage, I think, is so much more practical as well as theological. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it talks about the ministry of reconciliation. That's what happened in Shai's life. He became reconciled with his father. That's what happened in, in me and my mother's life. I became, re- we reconciled our relationship. She comes around more frequently. We hang out. She's pleasant to be around. We just took a vacation to Las Vegas for a couple of nights, and it was my first time taking my mom anywhere, and my first, my mom's first time being on an airplane since she came to America 30 years ago that she's been on an airplane, right? So like, this is to me, how this plays out from our theology of being reconciled onto God. This is 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, 
knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is also known to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you a cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearances and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, uh, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard them uh, thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And here's the one verse that glues this all together. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So here is God saying, hey, I'm engaging. The hero of the story is coming to die for the villains. That is the gospel message, if you didn't know. But on top of that, he then calls us to be ministers of reconciliation. Ministers of reconciliation in terms of reconciling the world onto onto God, but also reconciling our families, reconciling marriages, reconciling those troubled relationships that we have expectations for people to get their act together. Maybe the way we had God help us get our act together, but it starts with us being able to press in and be reconciled to people, even if it's messy, even if it's complicated. I've invited my mom to church multiple times uh, since she's kind of on her feet and mobile and doing things. She's running around here, going to DD's, doing this, doing that, right? And she she hasn't came to church with me yet, but I'm still praying for her, right? And, and maybe I'll take her to Armenian Apostolic Church or Russian Orthodox Church, maybe something that's more culturally centered towards her. I don't know, who knows? But I can tell you what, having that reconciliation with my mom has immense value to uh, my family, has immense value to my son who sees my mom. She comes around, she speaks Russian, and it really is a beautiful thing. So I would encourage you guys, as you're watching this, as you're listening through this, again, if you can get past this language, are, are there people in your life that you need to consider being reconciled towards? Are there people in your life that you need to reach out to and start to build a relationship with again, or at the very least, let them know that it's okay? And I've always loved my brother, KJ52. He would tell me, he said, man, I've learned in my years of time on this earth that it's not about being right, it's about being reconciled. So if you guys enjoyed this video, make sure you smash the like button. Also, if you didn't know, we have a second channel with more clips called the Bless God Studios. A variety of topics, a variety of conversations, guests, and so much more. If you could do me a solid, click over here, subscribe to that uh, subscribe to that channel. I would greatly appreciate it. And I'll see you over there, all right? Peace.